This week on the Cardamom Pod, we have special guest Ravina to talk about music and her creative process. to the Cardamom Pod from Gajal Magazine, where we're talking news, culture, and the internet from a brown perspective. I'm Anushka Patil. And I'm Nadia. And it's so good to have you back in the studio, Anushka. It's been a while. It's been weeks. Yeah. It's been weeks. It's good to be back. Yeah. Uh, we have such an exciting episode planned. We have a special guest and my friend in the studio. Uh, it's going to be so good. Ravina, you want to say hi to everyone? Hello. We have Ravina <laughs> Aurora here. She's going to be talking about her album. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. You have heard her music, definitely. You've like seen her on Instagram. We'll talk about all this later. Yeah, first, first exciting. we have to do a check-in. Yeah. Uh, Nadia, how are you doing? <laughs> okay, we can start. Um, I'm good. I have been going through some sort of creative process, like creative revitalization, I will say. Like just like new, I'm trying out new mediums with my work and it's been really interesting to like learn what I'm capable of and what I'm distinctly incapable <laughs> of. Uh, and I'm, I'm just really enjoying that. I mean, that's like a really vague way of just like saying I'm, I'm doing stuff, I guess. Um, I'm also bumping this album called Lucid. I don't know if you've heard of it, <laughs> but I've been listening to it a lot. I've heard it's really good. <laughs> Anushka, how are you? I'm good. Um, it's Pride Month, and I feel like I'll have some stuff to say about this in No Nazar Zone. But yeah, I've just been thinking a lot about like it's um, everyone is is rightfully obviously upset about like brands like back on their bullshit for Pride Month. Yeah, and I guess I'm I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm trying to like focus on the positives of it, um, not about brands, but of Pride Month. And like I think when you're like when you've been living as like a living a full life as a queer person even for like a short amount of time a lot of shit feels really corny really quickly mm. and i think i just sometimes like to remember like what it was like to to be 12 13 14 and think that like going to the pride parade was like the pinnacle of like really living you know and yeah. it's it's just nice to look back and be like oh like my queerness is different than what i thought it was going to be and the way i live my life is is different the way i take pride in my queerness is different but it's just i don't know i feel very like sentimental yeah i was gonna say days. i think it's incredible that we have three queer brown women <laughs> on one podcast yeah. right now yeah. it's really exciting but yeah i totally feel you about pride i remember in high school it was always like the hot topic kids who like or middle school like the hot topic hot kids who went to pride yeah. took the yeah. train up to the city and went yeah. to pride and now it's like i don't know sometimes like equally corny i guess yeah like i will not be attending this year's pride parade i don't know honestly if i will ever go back to a pride parade i am going to my first dyke march this year which cool. i'm so excited for um, and I think it'll just be nice to sort of, I think every couple of years, like reinvent your sort of approach and relationship with your queerness. So totally. Yeah. How are you doing, Ravina? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm like coming off the first week of my album being released and it's a very, very overwhelming time. Mm. That's all I can describe it as. There's like a lot of sadness and a lot of joy that comes with it. And I'm just trying to like regroup. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to like find my way back into myself because I feel like so 
outside of it right now. It's amazing you you can be like so self-aware <laughs> at a time when like everything is happening, right? Yeah, it's very hard to be self-aware right now, but usually I am. So that's uh, I think why I feel like a little off-center. Cool. But it's I exciting mean, too. Yeah, I okay. I have to get like the fawning out of the way in the beginning so we can like Aww. have a serious conversation. <laughs> But Lucid is so good, dude. Thank you. I have Thank enjoyed so every listen through. Thank like, you. And I've heard it multiple times now. That means I love a it. lot. <laughs> okay, is that like lot. enough? Did you want to do some fawning too? Should we? I think let's just get into it because I have a lot of <laughs> fawning, but I think we can we can weave it in so I'm not making a, a responsible fool of myself. Journal. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You, that's like she wants so to hear it. <laughs> no, that's so sweet to hear because I feel like you can kind of get desensitized to things on the internet. Mm. You know, like just. Because you're reading them and you're not like seeing the person in front of you. Yeah. So when you hear it from a friend, it's very nice. Well, so tell Thank us you. a little bit about the album and what the reception has been like so far. Like the reception? I mean, the reception's been pretty amazing overall. Like I feel like I've only really heard good things and I feel very overwhelmed with love and just like very gracious <laughs> for it. And I think overall like putting this thing out is very heavy for me because I'm giving so much of my story into the public and like with the visuals and everything coming in the next few weeks following the album like you'll probably see even more of that mm -hmm. so it's just like I feel like a bit drained from the whole process uh, like emotionally and like financially drained like I'm just like kind of ready to like go back into just be in a space of writing again right <laughs> it must be kind of hard, hard to also be like a container for people's feelings about your work yeah like to definitely. have to like give like audience to that when people exactly. send you like dms or tweet at you or whatever exactly yeah yeah i'm trying to like learn how to limit my phone time right i guess because you can kind of like leave it online like you can step exactly. away from it exactly but it does feel like a whole world sometimes yep. Yep. yeah yeah it's very intense. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure your DMs are full right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess maybe we should go back to the beginning. Like, I know you put out an, an EP called Shanti, which mm -hmm. is beautiful. Thank you. Um, were you working on this album even like then, or like where did it come from? Um, I had like two songs, still dreaming. Like the last two songs on the album, actually, still dreaming and pedal. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think it was like a like the fall that I put out Shanti mm -hmm. that's when I had those songs so kind of like right when I finished Shanti I started this next album mm -hmm. um and yeah I like I realized kind of last year though that we wanted to make an album and we kind of just saw all the demos that we had I think it was like five or six songs and we were considering like whether to make another EP or an album and we just realized there was like so much depth there that we had to explore it that's is it creatively started. a different process putting together an EP versus an album or Com did it come out 100% yeah it's like totally different like I feel like our EP was very like singles driven and very much like made to um, like be like what will people like and what will you know like it was an introduction to our sound and it was just like how can we make the most catchy songs but this one was very much about creating a concept and like inviting people into a world and like really creating an artistic statement so do you feel like the ep by contrast then was almost like i don't want to say like fan service but i mean if you're making work with the intention of like it being received a certain way by your audience versus like making work just to make work yeah 
like which did you do you prefer this process of like just making an album and like I think I like a little bit of both I think I I learn more I love learning more about what my audience likes for sure like that's it's fun to make songs for people and it's fun to make songs for yourself Mm. and I think this album has like a mix of both of that okay so I'm also just really curious like what was the seed for this album the seed um like I there's a single one obviously yeah i mean i think the seed was the story like just everything i went through in my early 20s and and like late teens because um, there was a lot there and i experienced like a lot of trauma and like a lot of pain and i was a completely different person honestly than i am now um i was you know definitely not as emotionally aware or like strong then so that w- that was the seed of just like how I became this person after that. So it's like a memoir. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely it's a memoir for sure. Are there things that you feel like you don't kind of want to give to the public like not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. There used to be, but I feel like I'm at a point where like I feel very comfortable with it. Um and yeah, I I just the only thing is I want to give it through the art. Yeah. And not, like, through, like, press or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, that, that's, that's, like, a great segue into what we also wanted to talk about, which is, like, your keen sense of aesthetic and visuals. Oh, thank you. It's it's just, like, very put together. The Instagram is honestly mind-blowing. Like <laughs> what? For real. Yeah, because that's I hilarious. think, like, it's such a, it's the, the visual, is like, it's so much more than just marketing, right? Like, it's about, it's the, the sort of third part of the story. Like, there's you as an artist, there's your work and then there's the sort of visual like i was gonna say branding but that's really not what it is i think it's more of a universe yeah yeah Yeah. i think it's just about drawing people into like uh, a very specific world and i think about that world a lot like i created like a rainbow for this album like my own rainbow and (laughs) it's called the lucid rainbow and i made sure that like every thing we put out like lived in that rainbow if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of strange. I, I think it's, I think I'm always sort of in awe of like the clarity of your vision. Like oh, it's, it you. seems, you're welcome. You <laughs> it. I just, it's, it just seems very like, like you know exactly what you want to say. And this might not be true. Obviously this is just outside perception, but it seems like you know exactly what you want to say and how you want to say it. Like I remember, um, I actually had a conversation with Riva, but your stylist, um, oh, about how she like helped you put together your look. And the, like, I obviously was not there for that process, but the the feeling I got was that you came to those meetings with like, I want these colors and like this sort of message and I want, this is the goal I have with this look. And she helped you to see that out, um, which is incredible because like you're, you're 25, you're like still in your early mid twenties and you're a genius. No. (laughs) You just, I don't know. I'm just, um, I find it really amazing that, every corner of your artistic presence or your public artistic presence it feels connected like yeah. Anushka was saying that there is like a Very story being told. yeah like I like that you described it as a universe because that requires so much more sort of planning and forethought like like you said whether or not you actually feel like you had a, a set path I think it it's just so coherent and it makes sense. It's like, it's more than a mood, right? It's like so much more elevated than that and so much more complex than that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think, I don't know if it comes from me being a control freak, but every time I'm not in control of like the tiny decisions, like I end up 
hating it. Right. <laughs> like I've had those experiences and I'm just like, this just doesn't feel like me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think I just know who I am really well. So then when other people try to like tell me who I am or like think they know it, then sometimes it upsets me. But sometimes it really surprises me actually. Like I started working with this graphic designer and like he, once I brought him into the universe, like he really understood it and like took it places. Right, I was gonna say that you also have like a, a knack for finding people to join your team who like are very skilled in their own right. Like I mentioned Reva before, Reva is an incredible talent. So is Everett or your producer. Yeah, he's a partner and it's just sort of, you're so good at finding the right people. Like Thank con- you. Constellation. <laughs> Took a long time. <laughs> well, what is it that makes you sort of realize that things are really going to work with someone? Like, when do you know that, you mm. know, they're... Um, wow, that's actually a really good question and, like, kind of forces me to think about my process a bit more. I really like that. Um, I think it's that there's... It's, like, a very uh, intuitive and, like innate kind of feeling like you just feel this energy and excitement and like you pull up the same references like you're in a conversation and like you pull up like the same images or like have the same people in mind that you're inspired by I feel like when you when those things match that's like always when it works out like when your heads are in the same space creatively yeah but it takes so much time to find how long was the process to get this album out um, it was just a year, but like I feel like there was so much planning that went into it before that in my life. Right, it's you know? like before you write a piece, you've you've written it in your head and like exactly right, like getting it out on paper and producing it and all of that is different. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so like um, I don't need to like go into how you're so incredible for the community and all this representation, blah, 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 all that stuff. I think I want to know more about what it's like to be a South Asian person in an industry that is notoriously hostile, especially to outside talent, especially to talent that's not white, cis, male, straight. Yeah. Like, what what is that like? Um, I mean, I think I started struggling with it from day one where I would get comments like, you don't have a space in here because you're not white or black. Like, there's just literally no pocket for you to exist in. And major labels used to turn me down, literally saying that to my face. Just, like, out of hand, not even listening to your stuff? Yeah. They would just be like, well, no, they would be like, you're good, but um, there's just no space for you here. Was that, like, a marketing (laughs) thing? Like, they didn't know how to market you? Or was that just, like, they didn't know? They were just like, you just won't have an audience. Like, I don't know why you're doing this. Right, and that's Isn't so that weird wild? because you won't have an audience is basically them saying, like, we don't know how to do our jobs right. because our jobs are to, to market you and, like, yeah. you know. There's, like, billions I did of not music lovers in the world. Like, yeah. yeah. Where's your market? I didn't realize how racist it was at the time. Right. Like, it's very, it was very, like, like, now I'm kind of realizing how wild that is. Yeah, I guess that also, like, is, that must be so disheartening as a young artist to hear that just right out the gate before yeah. you even like make stuff just yeah. to be like we don't know how to market it's you. crazy and now i'm experiencing it like in vi- it's way more subtle ways mm-hmm. like i have a growing community of people that is mostly um people of color like definitely brown people queer people it's such a beautiful community i'm so like it makes me cry because i'm just so grateful for them it's such a loving community of people um and I really, truly don't receive that much hate. And, like, I'm just blessed, seriously, yeah. for it. But I find that 
because so many people in power are like white and I'm making music for the audience I just mentioned, you know, there's a disconnect in like in them understanding it sometimes and they just don't give me opportunities like they would to other people. They just and like can't see the appeal. Yeah. And I can't say that about everyone because I've definitely gotten so many opportunities so far. Like it's it's definitely not like I'm completely shut out from this shit. I'm very grateful for what I've had so far, but you just notice the difference in like and you always think about like if I was white and like I was making this music, like this would just be t- totally different. You know, totally, it's yeah. like literally you're just barred because of your skin tone, which is wild. I'm I'm also curious because you are a South Asian artist who works within R and B. Like, yeah. what? How do you balance that? Like, there's obviously like you are working within a, a black made genre. Yeah. That's made for black experience. Like, yeah. how do you navigate that? I mean, I just like have so much love and appreciation for R and B genuinely. Like, it's it's all I listen to, and I think that. Um, how I navigate that is just like expressing my love through my visuals and like and the support I have for that community through like whatever way I can whether it's you know like citing my influences which are all black artists and like like displaying them positively in visuals like working with many black people like that's kind of how I navigate the space like just being a supportive um what is that called like a supportive like solidarity yeah in solidarity I think working in solidarity with them and and I have so many like black fans and and they're beautiful and I'm very appreciative for them I think it's incredible that you said that you hire black artists to work with you on these things like I think that's really key um yeah, I, I just, I'm always really curious about, like, I don't always know where I stand on this on this topic of, like, whether South Asian artists can work in these genres. Mm. Because I think it really comes down to the artist, honestly. Yeah. Like, I've, I've tried to make peace with this, because, like, I used to be like, oh, no, like, brown people can't rap. And then, like, you find, like, one artist that's, like, really, like, just respectful and, like, really just respectful not disrespectful yeah just (laughs) respectful and like really knows like knows their art and like is making space for people and isn't like holding it hostage i think that's really key it's like right it's like taking versus mm -hmm. giving like are you contributing to this canon are you paying your respects like paying your dues exactly versus just yeah i think using it exactly i think that's what it's about just having a deep respect for the culture and like understanding your place in it but i also will say like i think that my music f- moving forward, I just want it to make it a bit less, more genre bending and like a bit more genre less. Um, that is the trend right now, right? Yeah, is that the trend? I yeah. Don't, I mean, just from Lil Nas X on, right? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I just want to explore more because I think there's like a lot to be inspired by from uh, Indian culture as well for me. So I'm excited. Can we go back to um, what you were saying about in feeling a little bit like they people were telling you they didn't have a space for you in the industry? Mm. Do you feel now like you have avenues to create and and put your work out there that don't rely on like um, an old white music exec? Yeah, like yeah, I getting quote unquote you. Yeah, I think the internet makes that possible. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever be like a super cloudy, like famous artist because I'm just not making decisions like that. Like I'm not making music that appeals to that. I'm not like making any of my decisions to lead into that direction. Um, And I'm also South Asian, which doesn't help (laughs) either. (laughs) So 
so I think that like I'll always just you know exist in this cool space of just like having a career I feel and like, like making art that I shirt. want <laughs> like I'm South Asian too so that doesn't help <laughs> <laughs> just like chalks up so much in my experience <laughs> yeah but I mean like even on that like being online being so visible online must come with some repercussion right it can't all be love all the time I know how the internet works <laughs> yeah no no it's definitely not all love all the time I think I think it's very hard especially this year like learning how much you get attached to a number as an artist and like like learning how opportunities for you are attached to a num like your number yeah which is just so weird like, like your monetary value yeah like y well no like just in like everything is numbers like your views your followers your mm. how much you yeah. and then it translates to how much you make it shows how much how many opportunities you get like you have to like have clout to to yeah. do anything it's and just strange yeah. it's strange like it's not based on the music it's never based on the music. I think we also see that a little bit in like in media and journalism. Oh, definitely. Like I have filled out so many job apps where it's like, how many Twitter followers do you have? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, no, I'm working with you to get more followers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like, like freelancers who are told that, you know, the piece that you're working on might be amazing, but they're not going to run it unless you were, you know, the argument I feel like is like you have to be able to prove that you're able to bring in an audience and right. it's like, mm -hmm. you have to you're come right, and it's not about the audience. merits of the work at all. It's no, it's never about yeah. that. And then it's crazy, like putting out music, like realizing that there's just this barrier that comes with like the number. Yeah. Like it's never really about the music at the end of the day these days. Yeah. And that doesn't happen to certain types of other people, right? Like they, yeah people take chances on people who look like them exactly. right you have this like you vibe a little and you maybe feel like this person has a little potential and yeah and we don't get that benefit of exactly. the doubt you have to be you have to be perfect it's incredible. yeah it's funny because we often talk about aspiring to like asian american mediocrity and how like <laughs> if we can get to that point yes. like we'll have made it we'll yeah made because it. that means there's enough of us to be bad you know yeah. like Which let us fuck up let us put out stuff that we don't you know, uh, we're, we're going to look it's back so out in, in like, true. 10 years and be like, oh, like, I thought I really knew what I was doing there. I like mean, we were talking earlier about a certain movie that did achieve Asian-American mediocrity. <laughs> uh, did but you maybe... Yeah. <laughs> did you watch Always Be My Maybe? I did like it. Interesting. You didn't like it? I, I it thought it was so, like, like of such a, like, good, mediocre... No, mediocre, exactly. that's yes, the key I word. Think yeah. I think it was, like, so true to its genre of, like, yeah. that classic yeah, like kind of, like, Netflix rom-com. rom-com right. that yeah. you I paid for. It. Yeah. Totally, 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 totally. Yeah. I think the issue has been the conflation of this mediocre movie with, like, oh, my God, it's so incredible to see an all-Asian cast in this amazing movie. And yeah, like, yeah, That's my issue. Like, it's incredible to see an all-Asian cast in a mediocre movie. Yeah. That's... That's my, <laughs> those are my <laughs> politics. Like. Yeah, I think like it makes, it does make me emotional to think about, we've talked about like the sort of like how talking about first like doesn't mean anything anymore and it's not like a valuable framework. But I do think like, yeah, I, I mean, I was excited because it was an all Asian cast. Like I was excited because, you know, like Ali Wong was like doing her thing. Yeah. But like, I, I just, I liked that it was something, it was a, it was true to its genre. It wasn't a movie about... It was an Asian movie, but it wasn't a movie about being Asian. You know? Yeah. And, like... In its ways. In its ways. Totally. They, they mean, were a dumpling It's scene It's, like, obsession <laughs> with Asian right, food right. was a little much, but... Totally. This is, like, a whole... We should do another talk about... I mean, as 
as card-carrying members of the chai industrial complex yes <laughs> we oh can God. speak on this but yeah. um anyway i think like all of this is just to say that like it's really incredible to see an artist who like doesn't make it her shtick or her gimmick that she is south asian asian american any of those words so, like I, yeah Thank it's you. it's cool also like i mean it just makes every use of of you know like every cultural touch point that you use it feels extra thoughtful because it's like oh it's not just stuck in here because it needs to be hella brown like it's just <laughs> like no this is here because it makes sense for the story yeah and just like where you come from mm-hmm. for sure um tell us a little bit about like what people say to you when they meet you or like what kind of dms you're getting like oh. what are people's reactions just so invested in people's dms yeah like <laughs> they're very sweet i feel like people often like just divulge like very personal details about themselves Ooh. like really Ooh. immediately and like no, but in a sweet way where they're just like, they go through their whole like life story and they're just like, and your music has affected me so much and it's healing me. <laughs> like in this <laughs> essay, I will. <laughs> but as long No, but it's amazing. As long like, as it's not overwhelming. No, I think. no. I like, I'm just in awe like that it could have. I just love how deep of an effect it has on people. That's yeah. really cool. Well, I guess that leads me to my next question, which is like, how do you take care of yourself in the midst of all oh, of this? I mean, mostly like, I feel like, Right now, I, I need more immediate things, like being in beautiful nature, like to just bring me to that space. So I think taking little trips is really nice. And also just like morning meditations are important. Um, and the last one is just trying to turn off my phone. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah, I hear you on that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. you can get so attached. And it's sad how like we get attached to like the results of things and like attach that to our self-worth. Because it's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, um, we're really curious, like, okay, this is, like, really greedy of us, maybe, because, like, we just we just got lucid, and we're already just like, what are you going to do next? Like, what's, <laughs> what's in the works? Like, what are you planning? Um, I mean, we, we just, we started working on the second album the day we put out Lucid. Oh, so my God. <laughs> wow. Because we're psycho. <laughs> but <laughs> vacation. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there will definitely be more music, actually, this year. And there's a tour coming. Oh my gosh! Yeah, actually, Tell by us the about time the tour, where can people? Yeah, U.S. tour, whole okay. America. Wow, it's gonna be really fun. Um, yeah, there'll be like 16, 17 dates, and it's in September. And then there's like a bunch of music videos coming out too. Amazing! Yeah. Wow, cool. So you're gonna be like busy for a long time. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Love to see it. Yeah. Also, please take care of yourself. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> I mean, so it's been a really long time since we've done a no nuzzer zone. Mm-hmm. And I think now is a really, really good time because I have a lot to heal about. Um, so no nuzzer zone, if you're um, unaware of our usual segment, is the time when we get to be constructively petty and we get to uh, throw nuzzer, but not really at things that have been getting under our skin. Is nuzzer like shade? Yeah, kind of, but like less appropriative, you know. <laughs> like, it's um, it's more like, like the evil eye kind of is yeah. how I hear it described. Yeah, like no nuzzer. Like I'm not, sh- I'm not cursing that, but also I'm not not cursing that. Yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. Nope. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we talk a lot of shit, and so it's it's nice to have a designated place a designated to place shit. to put that. So it's like we can be a little more constructive and positive and, and happy about everything I wouldn't else say it's talking shit. I would say that it's critique. 
we provide a lot of necessary cultural critique. <laughs> uh, we, we check the rampant and wanton egos of many people, I guess. But um, okay, and mine, own, me first, me first, because I have a lot to get off my chest. Um, I am turning a year older tomorrow, and I hate birthdays. So no nuzzer, but getting older fucking sucks, and we don't talk about that enough. And also because we live in a massively aged society that makes you feel like if you don't accomplish something by such and such age that you're not worth time or space or you're not going to be pretty enough or whatever it is. And I'm really feeling that because it's really hard to be a writer that's getting older and hasn't like achieved, like hasn't put out a novel or something by now. So I'm mm. just, I'm in my feelings about that a little bit, but it's also not my fault. So <laughs> laying the blame totally at the feet of patriarchal society mm. for that one. I feel that very hard. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's not. It's none of our faults. It's entirely the fault of the patriarchy who makes us feel like we're all going to be used up at a certain age, and we're not. We're just going to get better. Yeah. So what do you, um, what relieves that sort of anxiety Oh, man. You? This, like, turned into, like, a, like a therapy session. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think... If I think about getting older, I don't like it and it sucks, but if I just like think about the work that I'm doing and how like my voice is so much richer as a result of my lived experience. Yeah. Like there's no way I could be writing the stuff that I'm writing now when I was like 22. Mm -hmm. And like mm -hmm. that's just like me and my own speed and like whether there are not there are geniuses at that age who are doing the work that I'm doing now, you know, when they were 22 or 20 or 15 or whatever, like that's also because of a lot of privilege and that's also because of a lot of their own experiences mm -hmm. and there's stuff that I just cannot like sit around trying to like conceptualize because I would just to drive do it myself crazy. Yeah. yeah. And like, I also like will not deny the fact that my stuff is really, really, really good. And yeah. like maybe it just took me a little bit longer to get to the point of being fucking excellent, but I'm getting there. And like, that's the point. Yeah. I think so a couple episodes ago, we talked about like the weirdness of like finally being like, oh shit, I have to like invest in my work and my apartment and all these things because like I'm alive and I actually am like going to be alive for so much longer than maybe I planned to. And like that is something that I think when you're when you're talking about feeling like you haven't accomplished all these things, like this is kind of how I've, what I was saying about like pride and queerness earlier, right? It's just like looking back and being like, oh man, I never ever would have thought that I would be doing what I'm doing now, you right. know? That's definitely part of it is I don't I've never really visualized myself older than I am. Yeah. And like I don't know like where that comes from. Like it's not that like I have those kinds of tendencies that um I know are are really like you know that need to be discussed. I just I've never really done that and it's incredible when you get to that point you're like, "Oh, what am I doing here? Like what am I going to do with right, this time?" And the question is like, "What am I doing next?" not right. like, "How am I going to be around for mm. that?" Like that's a massive level of progress you should be you know, thanks. yeah, maybe something cool to do would be make like a vision board for like what you want to be in your 40s, like totally. where you imagine yourself, like what you imagine yourself yeah. doing with your time. I totally try to remind myself that like, like <laughs> Amy Poehler and Tina Fey got really hot in their 40s. Yeah. And like, so did Mother Addiction. Like a Mother Addiction was always do. cute, but like they got like extra cute, yeah. you know, and like I'm just like sexy. holding on to that. <laughs> it's like it's not always done for us in our 20s. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys, this was supposed to be like a no nuzzer zone, and you all <laughs> made it like super soft and like tender, and like <laughs> it's not it's not the release I was looking for, but I really appreciate it. I feel like I've just been like like verbally hugged. Yeah. Um, Anushka, I think you should go off on something. Oh God. Um, Pride. I, mean, I think yeah. 
there's I don't know I don't have you know I'm gonna be honest I don't have anything original to say about Pride that hasn't already been said right? so say like, it again the brands are, are incredibly on their bullshit like I have been blocking brands on Twitter left and right it makes me feel great I highly recommend it um, I just like I think when I was younger I like really thought that like when I was gonna be like when I was gonna like live this version of my life that I like never sort of anticipated I thought everything was gonna be like loud and I was gonna be going to all the pride events and I was gonna be doing all all this shit and now I'm just like I want to do that like I want to be with my people and I want to be you know letting loose every once in a while but I'm trying to just sort of find like the the happiness and like just like being at home with my partner and like watching Netflix and like cooking dinner and like that's not radical or revolutionary for anybody but it is for me and like that's okay and that's something I'm trying to this is also turning into just like a <laughs> therapy session oh <laughs> it's not yeah. what a podcast is oh god it's just yeah. like therapy you don't have to pay for I would I would love to think that yeah this has been very therapeutic yeah <laughs> my so my no nazar is um I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I feel like you're better at coming up with like the taglines. Yeah. Let me think. No Nazar, but pride isn't just parades. Yeah. Wow. Cute. Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything, Ravina? Yeah. I mean, I think my Nazar would be directed at like clout. Mm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. I just think it's it's getting to the point where it's making everything in art feel kind of like watery. Yeah, you know, and like people, I feel like people are becoming more similar these days and like prizing that, like prizing really um, pop choices. (laughs) And it makes me sad. Yeah. It makes me sad, like what the internet is doing to art, honestly. I mean, this is like related and not related, but we were talking previously about how a lot of artists, a lot of South Asian artists, a lot of marginalized artists feel like they cannot make something unless it's like what they wanted to see when they were young. Mm. And so we have this weird expectation that our art has to be on this like level of like just like, you know, world domination basically. Yeah. Otherwise Every single it's thing not nostalgic mm-hmm. like ideas of success. Right. Yeah, sure. Otherwise like it's not worth it. Otherwise it's not valuable. And it's like that's just not true. And yeah. it's it's also like it's the clout conversation. It's like yeah. unless you have this incredible pull so you're, we're seeing it at like a social level, like where we're like self-defeating. Mm-hmm. Then we're also seeing it at an industry level where like people are just like not making ma- not making space for great talent. Yeah. Because they think that they have to come in with these inbuilt audiences yeah. or these numbers or whatever it is, and it's just like it's sad to see. Yeah, but you're like everyone is worth it, and like like everyone is worth like digging deep inside of themselves and like making shit they want to make. Like totally, you absolutely be doing that. I don't know. Yeah, no nazar, but fuck your clout. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it, I love it. <laughs> amazing. Ravina, so thank funny. you so much for being here. This was thank lovely. Thank you. Yeah, this was amazing. I had, like, kind of a bad day, so I'm really happy. Oh, I'm <laughs> so, uh, firstly, I'm so sorry you had a bad day. And secondly, no. I'm so glad that you were able to, like, come No, and like, this was really healing. I knew it would be healing. <laughs> I'm happy. Um, before we go, Ravina, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Um, a bunch of places. Spotify, YouTube. Instagram, you just type in my name, Ravina Aurora, and you'll probably find it. Magic. <laughs> this episode oh of the Cardamom Pod is presented by so Godwell Magazine rad. in partnership with Listening Party. Follow the crew on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. And follow Godwell at Godwell Mag. I'm your host, Anushka, and my co host is Nadia. Our producer is Azid Adib. 
Music provided by Serene Patel. We'll talk to you all soon. Keep an eye out for Evil Eyes. To think a man could be stronger than me. I'm stronger.